The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 177. After a brief two-week hiatus, we are back, and I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Joining me today is your friend and mine, Jason Linden. How are you today, Jason? I am splendid as always. Jason, you know, you and I have gotten a uh, little bit of a, uh, it's not a bad rap, but it's a little bit of a reputation for being op- trying to be optimistic, and I think that's always a good thing. Baseball's supposed to be fun, that's what we always say, so why not try to have fun with it? Uh, and, and there are some things that, that I was excited to talk about with you today, and we are going to talk about those things, but probably right off the top we need to discuss what uh, what's just occurred here um, as we record on Thursday evening. Evidently, Anthony DiScalfani, who we had all hoped would be the ace of this team this year, uh, had his uh, rehab had been going very well until tonight in Dayton when he was removed after giving up seven runs and collecting just one out in the first inning. He walked off the field with the trainer. Now, of course, we don't have any more news unless I've missed it in the last few minutes since we started recording. But um, I'm seriously considering jumping off a bridge. Is that an overreaction? Yes, that is an overreaction, Chad. Okay, I thought it might be, but I was just checking. This is not bridge jump worthy. I mean, it, it stinks. Um, you know, he's been kind of he's been really one of the bright spots of the team the last few years, and uh, starting to look like maybe we won't see him at all this year. Which you know. I mean, I, after we went about, I don't know, a month or so into the season and, and it, he wasn't even rehabbing yet, I, I was kind of starting to wonder if, if we were eventually headed towards surgery. And I still wonder that. I mean, it just seems like a, you know, it's diagnosed as a sprain. That seems like a long, long, long time to be out with a sprain. Yeah, and we don't know what uh, happened tonight. Whether there even was an injury, who knows? Uh, I yeah. can't. I can't believe he gave up uh, seven runs and collected just one out against uh, single A competition without there being some sort of an injury there. But I, and I've had four people tweet at me t- the words Tommy John, and I don't even want to go there. But man, what a you know! Last year he was supposed to be the ace of the team, and he was uh, injured to start the year. It was his oblique and. Uh, Came back and was great when he was pitching. This year, just nothing. It's uh, I guess all I can say is I'm keeping my fingers crossed that whatever the issue is, that he's still going to be able to be healthy next spring. And it's not something that's going to be an extended absence because this guy has so much talent. Just a s- incredible talent. we got to have him. We have to have him next year. Am I right? I, it would be great to have him next year. Are you saying we don't have to ha- don't have to have him? Well, it depends. I mean, we might. He, it would be great for the rotation, but I'm not sure that at this point I would count on him. Oh no, absolutely not. But you know, if we're talking about the rotation next year, who can um, you count on? I mean, I don't. I, I don't know. There's anyone right now that you could say you can count on. Not literally, here. not a single pitcher. All right, all right. You ready? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be optimistic. No, uh, that's sort of your. Uh, that's your brand. Here we go. Here we go. 
One, and I will say this, and this is, I have been a noted, noted skeptic on one David DeWitt Bailey. Um, is that the guy? But, that, is that the guy that gives up homers? Oh no, that's his nickname is Homer. That's right. Yeah, but he has looked pretty okay to me for a good month now. Um, you know, he had those first two starts back that were, you know, pretty giant disasters. But since then, I think he's had one bad start, but he's had you know five out of six starts or something like that now that have been really solid starts. Um, strikeouts maybe not where you'd want them to be yet, but still, I mean. You know, he's, he seems to be doing all right. Um, so there's something. Luis Castillo, I'm, I'm rather... Let me interrupt you before we get into Castillo, because I want, about Bailey. I want I really want to ask you, uh, I, I agree with you that Bailey's looking so much better uh, recently. I got a chance. I was actually in New York last week. Got to see him pitch at Yankee Stadium, and uh, the results weren't great for him, but it really wasn't his fault. It was single after single, and he really was pitching fairly effectively. Uh, I was pleased with what I was seeing. But are you really going to say we can I – mean, let's focus the conversation on who can we count on in the rotation for 2018. Are you really ready to, okay. to count on Homer Bailey after you know, two years of injury? Let's say this. I'm getting close, and here's why. When it comes to pitchers coming back from Tommy John surgery, you know, one of the things I've talked about a lot is it's, just, it's, a, long, it, it can, it's a long road. People really underestimate how hard it is. You know, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, he just gets Tommy John surgery and then he'll come back in a, in a year to a year and a half and he'll be fine. And it doesn't really work that way. Um, but at the same time, the, the, what the history says, and this is why, you know, kind of there's this mistaken impression of it, is that when it, once guys do come back, I mean, they seem to be back. You know, once, once they're pitching and it, things are clicking, you know, that – replaced ligament is not going anywhere. And so, you know, maybe if he keeps this up for another, you know, till the end of the year, sure, I'll count on Homer for next year. Um, I don't know that he's ever going to be the number one starter that we wanted that he used to be or that he could have been, but he might be a number three type level guy right now. Um, And as long as he continues to be, then, you know, if he goes into this offseason healthy, I don't see any reason why we would expect him to be unhealthy come spring training. Well, I agree with uh, about him being a number three starter, possibly, and and if yes, if and this is a big if with this with this pitching staff, not just Homer, with this pitching staff in particular, uh, that's a big if. If he's healthy the rest of the year, yes, I think we can count on Homer Bailey. This very second, as we're recording this podcast, he's not among the group of pitchers I would I'm yet ready to count on for 2018. But man, yeah, if he gives us two mo- months here, healthy, uh, I expect he'll be good if he's healthy then uh, that will be huge for the 2018 Reds. All right, move on to the next guy you were going to talk about because this is an interesting one. And, and in terms of us being optimistic, this is one of the guys we talked about before we started recording that we really want to talk about, uh, our guy, Luis Castillo. What do you think? I, let's count on Luis Castillo, shall we? No. No. Yes. Do Come it, on. Chad. No, Jason. I'm not counting on Luis Castillo, and I love the guy. Quit. Give in. <laughs> I'm not giving in to the dark side. Uh, Castillo's been great. I mean, Castillo has been uh, better than anyone could have expected. I mean, you know, his, his ERA is 3.56 after eight starts, which, you know, is is good. Uh, ERA plus 125. But when you consider that he's been pitching against some of the best teams in the league during that stretch, he's had one game against a team with a losing record, I think, um, in this most recent stint back in the big leagues. And he's just been effective against everyone. Uh, I love me some Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo is uh, 24. He has eight big league starts under his belt. 
I'm not ready to count on him for 2018 yet. I want to I poke in here, and I am want to pop quiz, Chad. Pop quiz, hotshot. Let's hear it. Because you, you said there was a little bit of, of derogatoriness, I feel, in your he has a 3.56 ERA. Like, that's kind of okay. No, it's good. It is good. Um, what do you think the, the ERA is for the National League right now? I would guess 4.1 or something. Am I in it's the neighborhood? 4.35. 4.35. See, so he's even, yeah. Yeah. I did so, I did start to say that that was, and then I, but I tried to backtrack when I realized, no, that's that's actually pretty good. Yeah, that's, I kind of tripped over that earlier this year, I think, for the same reason you did, where I was just like, God, everybody's ERA is so high. And so I went to look, and I was like, oh, everybody's ERA is high this year. Um, you know, that's the, the, according to Major League Baseball, not juiced baseball. <laughs> right. um, so yeah, four years ago, 356 was, was good, but not outstanding. But this year, uh, a 356 ERA uh, is pretty, it's pretty outstanding. Um, but you're really ready to count on him. You're really ready to hand a, a, a rotation spot to Luis Castillo for 2018. I'm um, getting close. Yeah, I'm close. Now I'll say that by the end of the year. Yes. I mean, right now. Okay. 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 Fine, Chad. <laughs> right now, there are literally zero pitchers I would count on for the Reds rotation next year. That's all I'm saying. This this moment. This second. This second. Right. Because we've got eight starts from Castillo, and we've got eight starts from Bailey. And then a lot of question marks. Right. And the reason, so, I, the reason I'm not ready to go ahead and say, well, you know, if they're healthy the last two uh, months, it's going to be good, is that every uh, if scenario that we've seen with this organization in terms of pitching this year has been a complete disaster. I mean, really, other than Castillo, every, you know, uh, Homer Bailey was not healthy at the beginning of the year. We had hoped he would be, you know. Uh, Feldman has been better than expected, but he's been injured. And then all the young guys, none of them have really panned out except for Castillo to this point. I'm not, I'm not giving up on any of them yet. But and Feldman, Feldman, we should say, is kind of irrelevant in discussions of next yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so you know, uh, every every one of the young guys, every one of the uh, older guys, everybody has been pretty much the worst case, worst version of them uh, that we that we could have seen. And, we, and before the year, we were talking, and it's the same thing we're going to be saying next year, I'm afraid, is that, well, they got so many pitchers with some kind of talent that they should be able to cobble together a rotation with this bunch. Well, we thought that this year, and it's been a disaster. They've not – maybe we're just seeing the worst-case scenario, and that can't be repeated. That's what I'm hoping. Well, and, you know, one of the things that uh, I guess sort of as I've been staring at, at – statistics and, and, and players and thinking over things is, you know, if, if we think about the group we had, there was Garrett and Stevenson and Reed and Romano and Rookie Davis and Luis Castillo and Tyler and Molly. That's that's pretty well the group of, of prospects. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I would agree. That's, that's the, the core. I don't, I don't think I missed anybody. No, I so, I mean, out of that group, you kind of would would maybe expect, you know, being reasonable, two or three of those guys to really pan out. And what it's kind of looking like to me is that it's it may well just end up being the couple of guys who were the furthest away from the big leagues end up being the guys who, who pan out. Um, Castillo has looked great so far. Uh, Molly is currently demolishing AAA um, and has demolished everybody at every level in the minor leagues that he's been asked, you know, that he's been sent to so far. Um, so, you know, he seems like he's going to be ready s- sooner rather than later, but he's, you know, he and Castillo both started the year in double a, so it may just be that, that, you know, 
we'll get our rotation and it will just have taken the entire year to figure out who that's going to be. Possibly. Uh, I, I just would have thought that we'd see more progress from more of these younger guys. And, and in some cases, some of these guys have regressed. Um, I think at this point, it's fair to say that Amir Garrett has regressed and uh, that's a strange situation. Uh, yeah. St- Robert Stevenson. I, I don't know. Um, Cody Reed, I don't know. The difference between Luis Castillo and Tyler Molly, the two that you, uh, and I agree with you, the two that are beginning to look like they're separating themselves a little bit, the difference between those two, they throw strikes. They've always yeah. thrown strikes. Everybody else mm-hmm. is struggling to throw strikes in that uh, group. Um, and, you know, one of those things, uh, I will I will repeat two things that have been said to me recently um, when I've been able, been to games in Louisville and been able to talk to Delano DeShields. He has said to me, that um, at AAA, everybody has the physical tools to succeed. And, you know, from then on up, it's what goes on between the ears is what determines who makes it and who doesn't. And uh, in a post I did when he kind of dropped some news on me about uh, Dilson Herrera, um, he had some pitcher comments. I asked him about Reed and Garrett, and he said, you know, I hope that they don't waste an opportunity. Um, or let, let opportunity pass them by, something to that effect. And it, it's so it's one of those things that, you know, with the first quote, he wasn't necessarily talking specifically about those two guys. But, I, you know, I think one could infer we've seen them both be good at times and they both have the skills. So it's a matter of if they can figure it out mentally. And if they can figure it out mentally, then you never know. Right. And and uh, a couple things. First of all, I don't know anything about the, the kids uh, between the ears and their makeup and uh, work ethic or any of that. I don't have any personal knowledge of any of that. Um, but what uh, Shields is saying there, what you're saying, you know, kind of makes sense. All three, when you look at Garrett, you look at uh, Robert Stevenson, and you look at Cody Reed, there's no question, absolutely no question, that those guys have the stuff to be good major league pitchers. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, no, no question at all. I mean, those guys are all three of them uh, have have uh, the ability to be, you know, maybe not ace level, but I think all of them have their ceiling is number two starter at least. Yeah, um, and yeah. so you got to wonder why aren't they making progress? And the flip side of that is 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 Stevenson maybe making some progress now after his last time down in AAA? What what are your thoughts about Robert Stevenson? Um. Maybe, and, you know, it's it's hard to say. Um, He's finding the strike zone a little more consistently now. Struggle, uh, had, had a game or two where in the big leagues where he couldn't find it. He's, I think, walked yeah. seven in one game. But he's had some other games where, hey, this guy, he's throwing strikes. And when he throws strikes, the rest of his stuff plays amazing, even against major league hitters. The the impression I've gotten is is reminds me of something that, you know, Romano went on the record about this, saying that in his first start he was trying to overthrow too much. Yes. Um, you know, he felt like he had to throw as hard as he could every time. And I kind of think that that's the deal with Stevenson is that, you know, uh, he might be a little bit better off if he, if he takes some off of his pitches and that, you know, thus has better control and better command. Um, and, you know, if he does that, then, you, you know, who knows? You, you never know, right? I mean, history is filled with guys who come up and can't handle the majors and that's it. And then there's also plenty of guys who come up and, you know, get the snot knocked out of them for a while and then figure it out. Um, it, you know, it can also be hard when you've never really, really struggled in a long-term kind of way. And then you get to the major leagues and, it, and it's all of a sudden a whole different world than it's ever been before. So, you know, I'm sure there's a lot going on 
that we aren't privy to. You know, we can kind of only guess at it. Sure. Uh, although, I, you know, I can't really say. These guys have not taken advantage of the chances they've gotten, but I can't really say either. any of those three have gotten a, a real, a serious chance uh, in the big leagues. Uh, Stevenson, more than the rest, he started 16 games. Uh, or he's started three games this year, started a few last year. Uh, but Garrett started 12 games total in his career. Cody Reed uh, started one game this year. You know, I would like to see the Reds use these last two months. Unless they just don't think these guys are going to cut it, I'd like to see them use these last two months to let these guys pitch in the big leagues. What's it going to hurt? I mean, I see Asher Wojciechowski pitching, and, you know, no offense to Asher Wojciechowski, who has an awesome name, but he doesn't need to be starting over these guys if these guys have a chance of being – a starter for the Reds long term. That's my opinion. Do you agree or disagree? Um, yeah, if if these guys have the chance to be starters long term, I mean, at some point you would expect they they'll get another shot. But you know, I mean, it's not as though Amir Garrett and Cody Reed are tearing up the minor leagues right now. Um, well, so you know, Stevenson's kind of getting a little bit of a shot right here. Um, you know, he's getting his shot, but I mean, Garrett has had a couple of good starts in a row on the minor leagues after really being pretty atrocious for a while. Um, Reed hasn't really, eh, he's, he's been kind of so-so for a while. You know, it's, they're not numbers that make you think, oh, wow, this guy's got to be called up to the big leagues. I think if they weren't highly touted prospects, all of us would be like, oh yeah, those guys look like triple A pitchers. Yeah. Uh, you know, based on based on their numbers, I think it's just their reputations, kind of like how it was with Stevenson. You know, where you know I've talked about his numbers have never really matched his his reputation and matched the hype about him. And you know, you know, I think for, you're, for to talk about Asher, he's got better numbers in the big leagues than all of those guys do. Yeah, but that guy's not going to be a. I mean, you know, he no, he he didn't, he didn't even have a job when the Reds <laughs> dialed him up because they were desperate. Um, and he's he he's done fine. I don't have any problems with Asher Wojciechowski. It's not a criticism of him, but he's you know what is he twenty nine? He's not going to be a part of the next good Reds team. No. Uh, um, uh, you're you're sort of right though that uh, Garrett certainly has not. I don't know what's going on with Amir Garrett. He was so brilliant at the beginning of the year, still has that ability, but he has been. Uh, I don't don't know that disastrous is the right word, but just not been good at AAA. Cody Reed, you know, his ERA is three point seven eight in AAA this year. He's sort of been okay. If you just look on the surface, but his last five starts, I think he's walked 18 guys. Two two starts right. where, where, where he walked six. And that is specifically what the Reds told him. Quit, and that's what they told Stevenson, too. And Stevenson, actually, of the three, and he was would have been the last one, I would guess, would make the adjustment. Did a little better on learning to throw strikes and walking fewer guys. And I guess that's why he's back. So, yeah, I mean, you can't hand it to him. On the other hand, it's just such a good opportunity to get these guys some major league starts when the games really don't mean anything. And, you know, one thing that, that I suppose we could talk about a little bit as a potential issue is that the Reds do have right now some pretty good pitchers in the bullpen, but they can only pitch so much. Um, so if you're sending guys out there constantly who aren't getting out of the third or the fourth inning, then, you know, that, that runs the risk of, you know, damaging guys in the bullpen who you do expect to be part of the next winning team. And so you might kind of be running into an opportunity cost there where you need the guys to get it together a little better so that you know they're going to give you five innings at least every night um, before you can really throw them out there again. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) 
I'm no more optimistic about the 2018 uh, rotation than I was when we began this conversation. You said there are two guys, and I, I would agree with you, there are two guys that you can kind of squint and say, okay, uh, you know, where we are right now, you can kind of see them in the 2018 rotation and be comf- comfortable with that. But after that, th- what's that? Tyler Molly, man. Uh, again, I'm not ready to put him in, but I'm, I, I'm with you, though. He's impressed everywhere he's been. He's got better minor league numbers than Castillo had. And he is he's like one of these guys that doesn't overwhelm anybody, but he knows how to pitch, is, is, the, is what, the, what they say about him. I've not seen him pitch yet. but And he does not walk batters. And that's a big deal. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean, we've seen, right? You know, I, the Reds really need to break out the old walks will haunt graphic and just plaster it up all over the stadium all the time. Um, it's yeah, really true. I mean, he, he strikes guys out, and he does not walk Matters. Um, so, yeah, but the, what you're talking about then is a guy that's a rookie right now, a guy that is not even on the 40-man roster and, uh, in uh, Mali yet, although I expect him to be up in September. I would hope the Reds will do that. Yeah, and he has to, to be added to the 40-man this offseason anyway. So Yeah, no, no reason yeah. not to. Um, but, but, but who you're talking about here is a, a guy that's a rookie now, a guy that will be a rookie next year, and a guy that's been injured for most of the last two years. <laughs> I don't understand. What are we skeptical about? Oh, my gosh. Uh, now, how are we – we've been so optimistic about 2018 and this team, you know, having a chance to finally be competitive again and – I'm starting to talk myself out of that, Jason. I need you. Oh, to, I, I need I'm you. Back. I need your help, man. I need your help. Just because. The- all right, all right, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna provide you with a little bit of help. Right? <laughs> I want to hear it. Here we go. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna point out some things. Okay. I don't know anything for a fact, but I know that the Reds' payroll in the past has been substantially higher than it is right now, and I know that the Reds have a lineup that can score some runs. And I know that the Reds need pitching. And I know there's going to be some big names on the free agent market this year. And if the Reds can get their payroll back to where it was before, then the Reds have the money to sign somebody. Well, now there's a, there's a, uh, you're throwing something in the mix there that I really hadn't considered much. And if the Reds are serious about really starting to uh, that the you know I think Dick Williams said the rebuild's over, you know we're we're looking forward now. I think that's what he said. Uh, I saw in the Inquirer, and so if that's the case, even if they're willing to go out and get one guy, one legitimate starter, you know, uh, you know mid rotation even a number two or number three starter, if they're willing to spend some money on a guy like that, all of a sudden, but then again, you know. <laughs> It's been it's been such a worst case scenario year for the pitching rotation that I'm not willing to bet that four guys will pan out next year. Valid, I, I understand here, but do you do you want to walk further down the path of insanity with me, Chad? You know you do, buddy. You know it. Do you know who can opt out of his contract this year? Um, Clayton Kershaw, Johnny Cueto. Ooh, did I hear you got hurt though? Yeah, I think it's just a blister, though. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's not arm issues. It's just a finger thing. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> can you imagine? That that would be a popular move in Cincinnati. Wouldn't you like to see Cueto and Castillo in the same rotation? Oh, my goodness. With Iglesias, with Iglesias behind them. Uh, yeah. The, 
Got, See, come with me, Chad. Uh, well, we're walking down that uh, primrose path. We, we have ice cream. <laughs> Helmet nachos. Okay, so you got Cueto, you got Molly, you got Castillo, you got Homer Bailey, um, and then a cast then of thousands. A, a cast of thousands, yeah. You, give me give me four good stars. We'll worry about the fifth. Right. Yeah, I, I'm not concerned. See, that's it. They're in the World Series next year. That's it. We picked you out. <laughs> All right. Well, you just you just named 2018 World Series champions. You just named four guys who have not were not uh, pitching with the Reds any of the first three months of this season. <laughs> you know, uh, and that's our rotation next year. I'm not. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm not with you just yet. Well, we'll we'll I, I suppose we'll see. Um, you know, it's the, what the Reds do this off season is going to tell us a lot about. You know what? What they think? If they do go out and they make some noise, um, you can say that you know they at least think they're going to compete. And if they sit tight, then that's going to tell you that they, as far as they're concerned, it's going to be a couple more years. And we uh, we may be counting on more a little more on the Hunter Green era. Um, yeah. I think you're right about that. I think if if what they do this off season will be a clear indication of where they see the rebuild being and uh, if they are active in trying to either via trade or free agency try to improve that starting rotation yeah i'm still willing to say there's so many names in that sort of bucket that we're hoping someone will emerge from i st- yeah we've been saying it all year and that didn't happen this year but i still believe that it has to some of those guys have to pan out they can't all be busts no oh i would agree i, I my money right now is on castillo and molly and if from that group you and i think they'll both be really good pitchers and if from that group you get two really good pitchers then you got to be happy with that um, and then you know uh, out of the rest of that group and we're talking stevenson reed garrett uh romano rookie davis mm-hmm. one of those guys is going to be a legitimate big league pitcher i would think even if it's just a, just a fifth starter uh, one right. of those guys fourth, has to be fourth or fifth starter somebody yeah. that you count on you know he's going to get innings maybe he's not an all-star but you know he's not terrifying or anything either uh, so you know hey discofani healthy homer bailey healthy luis castillo johnny cueto that's pretty good top four to start the season right in the magical world the fantasy world where the red sign <laughs> yes and you heard it here first jason linden is predicting the reds are going <laughs> to go out and sign johnny cueto bring him back to cincinnati uh, boy that's going to be the title of this uh podcast well i don't know i guess you know i can i can squint and see how it can work out and and it can't all go wrong again i don't think so there's still a bunch of names and we're we're talking about cody reed and robert stevenson and amir garrett in the past tense in some ways but you know garrett's 25 and those other guys are 24 Uh, and you know who else we haven't mentioned Uh, brandon finnegan Who's younger than all of them, I think. What is the deal? Do we have any updates on Finnegan? He's just out for the year. Uh, I think he had he had surgery on the shoulder and then was fooling around and jumping onto a boat and hurt his other shoulder. Uh, right, that's right. I remember hearing about that. But he's supposedly going to be, I think, full strength for uh, spring training next year. So, Or shortly thereafter, anyway. Well, but, so was Anthony DiScalfani this year. Wasn't it? DiScalfani's been good this year, hasn't he? Oh, no. No, that's I mean, you know, I get I, I I'm very gun shy on shoulder injuries. I've just 
I think shoulder injuries even more so than than elbow injuries. People are like, oh, he'll be fine, you'll, or you'll hear from an organization. No, it's just a it's just a strain. It's just a this. It's just a that, and it stretches out to five and six months, and then somebody misses a season, and then they maybe make a couple of bad starts the next season, and then they go back on the DL, and then all of a sudden their shoulder surgery, and they're never really heard from again. Um, so with shoulder injuries, I, that is one area where I I tend to be pessimistic, and I need people to tell me when I'm being too pessimistic. They're just been, too, you know, the guy I always remember, not a red, but boy, he was great when he was great was Johan Santana. Um, right. Yeah. It's fabulous. And then the shoulder gave out and then that was that, you know, he was done. Yeah. And, uh, but Finnegan's a guy that I've always thought had a chance to be a starter. A lot of people do disagree with that. Even if he, if he can come back, even if he's not a starter, I still think he's got good stuff to uh, be a back end, uh, reliever. If he so can come back, he's a useful pitcher. Yeah. I don't, I doubt that. It's, yeah. I'm just, yeah, you know, no, I agree. Either be a very useful pitcher or effectively never pitch in the major leagues again, and I don't think there's a middle ground. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I really, really. Well, let's. You know, this has been such a downer. We got to get back to something that we can be optimistic about, and uh, and that's an easy transition into the uh, position players on the Reds. And I think there is real reason, uh, legitimate. We're not having to hope and squint our eyes any to be optimistic about what this. Uh, the hitting uh, the lineup can do next year in the in in the future, but but as we transition into that, I got to tell you, I don't know if you've seen this yet because we're recording this uh, while the Reds are playing in Pittsburgh tonight. Billy Hamilton ejected, arguing thir- uh, called third strike. You know what? If Billy Hamilton is getting that picky about the strike zone, it can only be a good thing. <laughs> I say if B- Billy Hamilton will tell you, Mister Umpire, when it's a strike. <laughs> um, so. Anyway, uh, you wrote a piece for Red Leg Nation, and it's called, this is typical Jason Linden right here. I mean, this is a classic Jason Linden headline right here. Let's have some fun is the headline. Jason, tell, uh, why don't you tell us what you were talking about when you were saying let's have some fun. Well, I'm, I'm pro-fun, as has been noted multiple times. Yeah, we're both pro-fun. Baseball's supposed to be fun. And, you know, I mean, this has been a rough year and, and, you know, especially the stretch kind of right before and right after the all-star break. Um, and it, it's hard, you know, it gets hard to be optimistic or whatever, but people have been getting really down. Um, I tend to, to liberally block on my Twitter feed to make sure that I, I enjoy myself. And, but even my Twitter feed has been getting pretty, uh, pretty grim lately. And so, but then there was one, three games in a row. That's a real winning streak. And so I was like, all right, let's, let's think about how this team can be good next year. So I just kind of tossed out this, this entirely speculative lineup. That's my ideal lineup. I'm even pretending that I get to bat the batters in the order that I would bat them in. And the only exception is in this, I would probably bat Joey Votto fourth, but there's zero chance Joey Votto's ever going to bat fourth. He's going to be three because that's the tradition or whatever. So anyway, so I put together the following lineup. Jesse Winker leads off in right field and figure he gets on base 40% of the time or so. Nick Senzel bats second. He plays second base. I can talk about the second base thing in a minute. Figure he gets on base 40% of the time or so. Joey Votto, we all know about. Suarez comes up after Votto. Then you get Adam Duvall or Scott Shevler. Then you get Mez. Then you have a shortstop to be named later. Then you have the pitcher. Then you toss Billy Hamilton out there ninth to be your second leadoff hitter. And then you go score a million runs and win the World Series. The end. (laughs) That is having some fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's break that down then. You start off with a guy that I really uh, wanted to talk about tonight, which is Jesse Winker, uh, because uh, this guy's finally getting a chance to to play because Scott Shebler got injured, unfortunately, and uh, 
He's grabbing the brass ring a little bit and looked really good his first uh, couple of starts here, hasn't he? Yeah, and you know, let's actually let's take a minute here because people get so down whenever a a prospect doesn't pan out. You know, on, on everywhere it's like, oh, the coaches, the organization, blah blah, they're terrible, they're terrible, they're terrible. But I mean, as someone who witnessed Jesse Winker last year and, and is seeing him this year, you want to talk about development. There is a kid who has developed. Uh, it is, you know, that um, that diving catch he made last night. You know, the one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, this is not hyperbole. I saw him play a lot last year. Last year, especially in the first half of the season, he would have been 15 away feet away from that ball when it hit the ground. Yeah, that was a nice play. He's made a couple of really nice plays. He, he has. I mean, he he's clearly in better shape. He clearly he's a faster runner now, or or he's exerting himself at full effort now. I don't know which, but he is a much better defender. Um, you know, I might even go so far based on what I've seen uh, thus far, at least, to call him a you know potentially an above average corner outfielder. And you know, last year I, I was very vocal on Twitter and saying that he would drive Reds fans nuts with his defense. He, you know, he looked like, forgive me, Chad, but he looked like a slow-footed Adam Dunn out there sometimes. I won't have you come on my podcast and say negative things about Adam Dunn, Jason. Adam Dunn is beautiful and perfect. Yes, as is Billy Hamilton. Let's never forget right. it. All right, but but, but no, you're right. I mean, you know, and that's somebody you can't. You can't demean the coaching staff when somebody doesn't work out and then ignore the impact of the coaching staff whenever somebody makes progress in the way that Jesse Winker seems to have made progress. Um, So, you know, so far, so good on that. Um, I will say, you know, two home runs in two games is cool. I I still would not expect him to hit unless that really was the wrist and it really is finally coming around. The the wrist plus Louisville Slugger Field. Well, yeah, I mean, the wind blows in a lot in Slugger Field, and it's 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 harder to hit homers there than it is in Great American, but I see plenty of other AAA teams hit home runs in, in Slugger Field, and uh, I don't see Jesse Winker do it much. So, you know, I, I, would, I would think that his absolute max power is 20 home runs, and he's probably more in the 10 to 15 home run range would be my guess. Uh, he's more going to be more of a doubles hitter, more of an on-base hitter. You know, sometimes he gets into... Uh, a mode where he becomes almost like a Hal Morris style slap hitter where he'll just, and it's, it's fun to watch. It's cool, but he just, he'll just slap singles all over the field. Um, but that's, you know, sometimes not exactly what you want from your corner outfielder. Yeah. But, um, but if he's getting on base, you're not going to hear me complain. Yeah, no, he'll get, he will get on base. He will get on base. I think at or close to 40% of the time, you know, that I think that on base percentage is probably going to be just a tick below, or it's probably a couple of ticks below Joey Votto, but Joey Votto is better than, at getting on base than anyone in, except Barry Bond since like World War II. So, you know, um, so but he's going to get on base at an elite level, um, and that's you know especially batting first or second in the order that's going to be a really useful thing. Back back to his defense, uh, there was a quote from Winker when he got called up this most recent time, and uh, I think it might have been Zach Buchanan with the Inquirer. It's just sort of asked him, you know about coming back up and finally having a chance to play. And, and his uh, his response was, well, you know, you got to be ready to grab the opportunity. But then he said that the Reds came to him last year. I think he said midseason last year, at some point last year, and said, your defense is going to keep you out of the big leagues. Your defense is not good enough to play in the big leagues. And he made a point of saying that from that point on, they got to work on it. 
and uh, and clearly he must have put a, a real effort into getting better because uh, I believe you that he's that he's improved. Yeah. But um, hearing hearing that comment, the Reds came to me and said it's it's not big league level. You got you got to improve it. And uh, you contrast that maybe with some of the young pitchers <laughs> who are not seeing yeah. any progress out of, even though the Reds are maybe giving them the uh, you know. Well, that, you know, that's at least partly the between the ears thing. Yeah, right. You know? um, so. And I will say that I heard rumblings of that in, in Louisville last year. Um, you know, nothing I could report on, but and it was it was notable. He started running harder. He started making more of an effort in uh, in the in in the corner outfield spots. You know, he went from, you know, uh, what could um, charitably be called a Ted Williams style out- effort in the outfield to uh you know, maybe an Adam Duvall style effort in the outfield. Well, his uh, bat, his bat got him to where he was. His bat's yeah. going to be what's always going to keep him uh, his head above water. But in the big leagues, you can't. He's not. He's not the top. He's not Ted Williams at the plate. He's not. Well, and especially in in modern day in the big leagues, with the way that defense is measured now. Yeah. Teams, you know, there there are numbers to back up how bad you are. So you know, even if you dive and it and it may, every once in a while and it looks pretty. You know, but the next, the other guy wouldn't have had to die for that ball. You know, that kind of that right. kind of stuff. He's never going to be Billy Hamilton as a defender, but no, 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 no. But he can. He's shown that he can be. You know, a, a solid defender certainly. And yeah. you know, he's he's athletic Shepard enough. Losing his job right now. Yeah, that's, I wonder if if Shebler may be getting Wally pipped. I said that on Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean he's athletic enough to be a, mm-hmm. a decent defensive player, and certainly he can hit. The, the, in your dream lineup here, I, I could talk about Jesse Winker all night. I've just I, I've been really excited to see this guy get his chance, and he hasn't gotten his chance mostly because Shebler and Duvall have, have been generally pretty good for most of the season, and neither of them have gotten hurt. So I, mean, I, I guess I get why he's not gotten his chance yet, but I'm glad. I hope he continues to grab that opportunity. Uh, and I have a little bit of a quibble with the, your dream lineup here in the next spot, the number two spot where you have Nick Senzel at second base. I think Winker as a leadoff hitter is just, that's the most gorgeous thing that's ever been printed at Red Lake Nation. I, w- I wish the Reds would do that. Nick Senzel, I think, could be a great number two hitter in the big leagues. I don't see him being a second baseman for the Reds. Well, that's the question that we come to, though, is where is he going to play? Um, and, um, you know, Suarez is is approaching sort of, you know, upper echelon level defense at third. So, and it's shown he can hit. Um, so do we want to move him? Yes. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. But here's the thing. There was, I can't remember who wrote it. I can't, I, I want to say it was either Mark Sheldon or Zach Buchanan, but, I, but I'm not sure. But somebody wrote an article and they asked um, Jeff, uh, Grappe, who's the the Reds' head of player development, about Senzel and about playing other positions. And what Grappe said was he has shown in the past that he has more than enough athleticism to play second base. You know, he can even play shortstop. Um, So, But right now we're just going to keep him at third base so he can continue to learn there. Um, And, you know, what I thought was interesting about that was that it seemed like there was just a little bit of equivocation creeping in there. A little bit of, we're keeping him at third base kind of for now, but in the future, he could play elsewhere. Um, and, you know, if he can play, if he can play second, to me, I'd rather keep Suarez as an elite third baseman, um, let Senzel slide over, let him play second. Um, 
And, you know, and, you know, this is one of those things that maybe people have forgotten, but back when they did sort of the first round of sabermetric research back in the day, one of the things they found is that one of the sort of easier, I mean, I say this in quotation marks because none of this is ever easy, moves on the diamond was to go from second to third or vice versa. Those seem to translate very well. Uh, second basemen tend to be able to play third adequately and vice versa. But with Suarez so comfortable at third, I, I would I would lean towards sliding uh, Senzel over and not Suarez. Well, a couple things there. First of all, your guy Brandon Phillips, I think, started at third base for the Braves tonight. Um, former second baseman Brandon Phillips. Uh, ir- completely irrelevant. About yeah. Senzel, uh, I, just, I guess I've seen Suarez. I saw what he did at shortstop. I've seen how beautifully he has played at third base. And I just see all the tools that he could be, I think, an above-average second baseman as well. Sinzel, okay, I don't know yet. But I guess maybe I'm going to bolster your argument a little bit. Just after he was drafted, there was a uh, – I did a fairly lengthy profile for Cincinnati Magazine about, you know, who is this guy? Who is Nick Sinzel? And uh, the first thing is we've learned to pronounce his name correctly, Sinzel, as in Denzel Washington. So the Sinzel, which, which we all called him originally. But – his college coach there at uh, Tennessee, UT Knoxville, said he encouraged the Reds. Immediately after he was drafted, he encouraged the Reds to put Senzel at shortstop as he started his big league career. He said, you might try him there. He's certainly a good enough athlete. He played some shortstop at Tennessee. And his college coach thought he could play it on uh, in, in the professional uh, ranks. And so uh, he, he, was, he was saying, put him at shortstop. He doesn't make him move him wherever else but he's good enough to play there so that having been said uh okay maybe i'm coming around to your to your point of view here and if i were sinzel i think i'd be eager to move to second base if you know he could be a a good uh average to above average defensive second baseman because his bat will he'll be he'll be an all-star second baseman Mm -hmm. he'll be a perennial all-star if he continues to develop his bat as he has so far and there's nothing about his continuing uh progression through the minor leagues that has given me any uh thought other than he's going to be this kid is going to be a a big leaguer and soon yeah i mean he you know that was the thing right is that the uh the eta was 2017 or 2018 and he sure is destroying double a right now just like you know it's like every time he's moved up a level i think he's had about a week where he doesn't really hit and he kind of adjusts to the new level and then it's just like okay i got this now um yeah he's been i guess my my point of view to go back to Suarez is I'm not sure how much more I'm extremely happy with Evanio Suarez. I've got nothing bad to say about him. One of my favorite players. He is my son's favorite player. So we have to watch every Evanio Suarez at bat, but I'm not sure how much more growth he has in his bat, which has been good, but it's not an elite third baseman's bat. Uh, when you look at the other third baseman around the league right now, no, I, I want to, I was going to say, I want to interject there though, because one of the things that's, that's going on right now, um, league-wide is that we are in literally the golden era of third basemen. I I did some research on this last year. There has never been a crop of third basemen in the major leagues that is better than this current crop of third basemen. Um, And so because of that, you take a guy like Suarez, and he doesn't look as, as good compared to the other guys, but if you were to go back five or ten years, you know, when, when we weren't in this golden age yet, and you had somebody with with Eugenio's numbers, you would be thrilled. You would think, "Oh my God, let's sign this guy. Let's keep him forever." Um, so there, you know, there's some 
there, there's some there's some variation there, you know. Um, you know, though, I, oh yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I just pulled it up. All all big league third baseman, and he's been a little hot recently. So Suarez's numbers come back up, but um, <laughs> Eugenio Suarez is tied for the seventh best uh, wins above replacement number among all third basemen in the big leagues. And it's, uh, I think, fourth in the National League. So set, tied for seventh in the majors in wins above replacement. You know, just turned 26 last week or the week before. Um, and so maybe he still has more growth in his bat. Now, a big portion of that is going to be his defense is contributing to that. Uh, I think he's, I see he's at top four, I think, defensively. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe let's well, not let's not mess with it because we've we've proven we've got a really good third baseman. Here, let's let's put it this way. Would you agree that you know Suarez feels about like a you know for over a full season about like about a four win player? Uh, yeah, I'd say at his at his peak, I think that's probably going to be he'll he'll have a few years of that. Last year, there were only forty five four win players in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I mean he's at two and a half right now with a couple of months left. Yeah, he'll, um, he'll 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 come close to four if he doesn't quite touch it. it it'll depend on you yeah. know. And this is his age twenty five season, so you know, yeah. he's still got a little bit of growth. Six years or so. I, I guess I'm seeing that, and I feel like he's impressed me so much defensively. I see that, and I see with him, man, that could be an all star second baseman too. Whereas at third base, he may have a little trouble, you know, distinguishing himself from the crowd because there are some some great third basemen. I've been thinking of the National League, you know, Nolan Arenado and, and Chris Bryant and, uh, you know, Anthony Rendon has been great this year. Justin Turner, former Red, Justin, former Red's farmhand, Justin Turner has been great. So a lot of good but, third basemen. You know, here's a question, though. If he, you know, if he's going to provide this value, which is still, you know, relatively hard to come by value, but it's in a position that's already kind of loaded, that might make him easier to extend. Well, that's possible. That's true too, and I think. If, I mean, if I were the Reds at this point, I would definitely be coming to him. You know, looking, he's got a, a couple years left till he hits free agency, and you know, wanting to say, "Hey, yeah, maybe we keep you around for you know, let's let's talk five five or six year contract, and and you know, without kind of, yes, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Without question, this winter, if I'm the Reds, I'm looking to buy out those arbitration years and looking to buy out some free agent years, um, because I think he's shown us now. This guy's legit, and whether he ends up being a second baseman or a third baseman, or frankly, even a shortstop, who knows? Um, he's the real deal, and and that's why I've said when we t- t- start talking about uh, who's going to be in the next great Reds infield, you know, Peraza and Dilson Herrera, and Nixon Zell, and uh, Suarez was all were all in this mix. I'm like Suarez is the only one that's shown he's a legit big leaguer at this point. So yeah. let's not forget about him. And um, you know the other thing about Suarez, and you know, we—I feel like we've come around to between the ears a lot, a lot in this. But he's someone who has shown a willingness to work. You know, yes, he's not someone. Who, you know, he he has a reputation for taking extra infield practice. He has a reputation for you know working on things. You know, he's clearly, you know, in 2015 with the Reds, he walked 4.3 percent of the time. Last year, he walked 8.1 percent of the time. This year, he's walking 12.4% of the time. That's work. I mean, that is that is not somebody who's resting on his laurels. And that's, you know, you got to love to see that. Well, you can just see it, you know, with the, the eye test defensively. Yeah. He was he was awful defensively last year as he was just learning to play third base for the first time really in his professional career. Um, and now at this point, 
Uh, Nolan Arenado may be a better defensive third baseman, but I don't know if there's anybody else uh, in the league that I would take, uh, Manny Machado maybe, uh, that I would take over. Eugenio Suarez at third base, he's that good. He's sure-handed, good arm. Really good, yeah. Yeah. So um, you're right, you're right. And he's easy to root for, always smiling. Whenever they have a rain delay, they put that that crazy salsa dance that he does up on the uh, scoreboard, which is uh, awesome and hilarious all at the same time. Well, and, you know, that's another thing. We're always – he's fun. He's both fun and good. And so let's let's hang on to him. Yeah, we talk about fun, and that guy, he's just – he's easy to cheer for, easy to pull for, uh, happy to have him as a Cincinnati Red. Um. Even though my son was wearing his uh, Eugenio Suarez uh, jersey, you know, those little shirts that look like jerseys, and uh, some kid at school said, who's uh, Swarzy? <laughs> yeah, so I don't know about that kid, but uh, Swarzy's pretty good. I think we agree on that. In your dream lineup, you had Joey Votto third. Who is Joey Votto, and why should we uh, put him at number three in the lineup? Joey Votto is the greatest hitter in the history of the Cincinnati Reds and possibly the most perfect human on the planet. <laughs> well, besides me. Uh, you know, I look at Winkers and Zill Votto, top three, and you know what I see there? Guys that get on base. Wow. The Reds have never had a top three like that since the Big Red Machine. God, they haven't. Doesn't Senzel have a quote out there somewhere where he's like, the only thing that matters is getting on base, or it's something to that effect. Yeah, and... Um, it, that that's like my dream at the top of the Reds lineup, and you know I'm a big Billy Hamilton fan, but that's a dream. Those three, yeah. Um, you had Duvall or Shebler fifth. Uh, I think we've both been proven wrong. You more publicly, but uh, we've both been proven yeah. wrong on Duvall. Duvall's, yeah. Duvall's he is what he is. He's not a superstar, but he's he's a he's a good defender. He's a you know somewhat above average hitter. He's a he's a good left fielder at this point, and I I still like Shebler too, who's younger than Duvall. Yeah, I, you know, I'll tell you where I've really come around on Duvall is just on his defense. Um, he's a good defender, and, you know, I think he's a better defender than Shebler. And I think they are, though Shebler has the range to, to sub in its center, that's kind of the only only difference. But in terms of, you know, reads and, and actually sort of defensive results, I think Duvall is better. Um, but he and Shebler, I think, are, you know, variations on a theme in terms of hitters. You know, one of them... He'll probably have a better year one year with the bat and another one the next year, but it's going to be more or less the same guy. But Duvall wins the defensive battle for me. And so, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I ended up doing some research and, and it was like, you know, once guys kind of do that in the major leagues, you know, Adam Duvall and Scott Shevler, I will say this, unlike a Eugenio Suarez, should not be signed to extensions. They should be kept right. until arbitration years and then they should be let go because. Given the age and given their performance history, they're basically likely to pull Todd Frazier's. You know, they're late bloomers who figure to be good for four, five, six years. They'll hang on a bit longer, but they're not players who should be making huge money um, in their free agent years. Yeah, Frazier, Chris Sabo, two of my favorite players ever, but late bloomers. Going to have a pretty good peak and then going to maybe crash and burn. Yeah, I agree. But, But while we've got him, I'm happy with what we've got. Yeah. And you know, yeah, he, they're the kind of players that every team needs. Every good team has those guys. Not you know, you don't have an MVP at every position. You have a couple of really awesome players on a winning team, and then you have a bunch of guys who are pretty good. And that's how you win baseball games. Yeah, hey, by war, he's the fourth best uh, left fielder in the uh, National League. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, so happy with Duvall. Next on our list is uh, Devin Mesoraco, and I think that's where you're really having some fun. I think I like Mesoraco. I think Mesoraco can still hit. Uh, 
I just, I don't know. He's hurt again. Is he? He's never. I don't think he's ever going to be a sixty percent of the game catcher. Games catcher. Yeah, he, he might be more a, a, a halftime catcher or something like that. When he plays, he hits. He hits pretty well. You know, he's, he's slumped a little bit. I think of late, but um, but he still hits. He still has a bat. Um, yeah, he's shown. He's shown us that. I think. Yeah, um, Tucker has. You know, talk about people who I don't think any of us ever thought that Tucker Barnhart was going to be as good as he's become. Um, but he's really turned into a very solid major league catcher, um, you know, a frontline type guy who's not not ever going to have any power at all. But, you know, he'll he'll hit well enough, especially a catcher, to, to certainly not be an embarrassment. He's not anybody that you just take for granted. Um, and he's a good defender. So I think between Tucker and, and Devin, you've got you've got a good ca- a good catching combo. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, Barnhart's catching is, uh, defensively has gotten even better. Actually, I look at uh, the uh, defensive runs above average or whatever the uh, Fangraft uh, stat is, and he's third in the majors uh, among catchers. I mean, he's he's legit, and he's a below average hitter, but he's not a I'll kill you if you bat at me number eight in the lineup hitter. He's he, he yeah. can he, he's he's fine. You know, mm-hmm. on base percentage around three thirty. You know, he's no no power to speak of really, but no power. Or a little bit on above average on base, and yeah. you know that's much what you get. Sure, hey, give me a catcher that's above average on base, and uh, you know one of the best defensive catchers in the league. That's a guy that you can work with. That's a guy that he's he's and Barnhart's been good to us at Red League Nation. Right? You know, he's been on uh, the podcast twice. Good local kid. Happy to see him having this success. So, um, so I'm okay with a, a Mesoraco Barnhart platoon, sort of indefinitely until one of them proves otherwise. And uh, and then you had a shortstop. I, I'm, I'm presuming that uh, by not putting any name in there, and I'm with you, but uh, you're not sold on Jose Peraza. No, I mean, who can be at this point? Um, Peraza is still really young, as much as we talk about, you know, I've said this before on here, but he's younger than all the pitchers we talk about being so young. Um, so you never know. Um, I feel like, you know, there maybe has been maybe some progress lately, but who really knows? Um, and you don't know, you know, you kind of get the sense at least that there's a there's a non-zero chance that the Reds re-signs at Cozart. Um who, you know, also, you know, speaking of, of guys who, who it seems like now you can count on to never really quite play a full season. Um, so maybe you end up with, you know, Cozart starting, say, 60% of your games and Peraza, say, starting 40%. You never know. Or, you know, and we haven't even talked about Scooter Jeanette yet or, and where he factors into the middle infield um, mix. But, yeah, no, I'm not sold on on Jose Peraza. You know, not to say I've given up on him by any stretch, but, you know, he's still... We, we've yet we've yet to see what's going on, and we don't know where the Reds, what the Reds are thinking on on shortstop right now. Shortstop to me is kind of the uh, the biggest question mark in the org. I, I, I think I think they can field an above average team without much doubt, pretty much everywhere except for shortstop, and then shortstop is the question mark. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Peraza has not shown me anything with the bat. That would make me think he's going to be able to stick, but on the other hand, he's his, it's his age twenty three season, so I'm like you, I'm not ready to give up just yet. Um, Zach Cozart's an interesting, an interesting uh, question because they weren't able to trade him because uh, of the untimely injury and also a, a lack of uh, of suitors, I guess. And you just wonder, can Cozart? First of all, if the the Reds can't make a qualifying offer to him, I don't think you know it's seventeen million or whatever that'll end up being fifteen million. 
Um, so he'll be a free agent if there's anyone out there willing to throw money at him. I don't think the Reds can match any of that. But if the market is sort of thin, you know, Cozart, uh, if you could get him for like a, a two-year contract or one year with an option or something like that, I don't, I don't mind having him here for the next couple of years. Yeah, I don't want the Reds to. I don't want him, and I love the guy, but um, if he's here for the next couple of years and healthy, I think he's shown he can be an above-average shortstop, and that changes the shortstop position. and And when he's not healthy, have Parazza in there. But yeah. uh, I just, I'm, I'm afraid the market is going to dictate that he's going to be priced out of what the Reds should be willing to pay for him. As much as I like Zach Cozart, the Reds can't go more than two years for this guy. And if he can get someone that's willing to give him more than two years, I think he's got to grab it and run. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, you know, one of those it all depends things also. You know, what are the Reds trying to do? Are they trying to win next year? If you're trying to win next year, maybe you kick a little money to Zach Cozart. Are you trying to win in 2020? If you're trying to win in 2020, it's been nice having you on the team, Zach. You know, good luck with the rest of your career. Well, even if you're talking just next year, I'm willing to kick some money to Zach Cozart, but not if it means we got to lock him up for anywhere past, you know, the next two seasons because I just – Signing, uh, signing thirty. He'll be a thirty-two-year-old shortstop next year. Signing him to a three, four, five-year contract is insanity, and I, especially with the health history that Cozart's had, it's a, likely to be a, a very little return on that investment. As much as I really am a huge Zach Cozart fan, it pains me to say that, but I just don't see how. But you know, with the injuries and who knows, maybe the market will say that's his best option is to stick with the Reds. Um, yeah. You, you know, you never know. You really never know how that's going to play out. You know, I will say this, though, that, um, you know, somebody we haven't talked about because he had a bad year a couple of years ago, but we probably should start to talk about again at least a little bit. I know where you're going, and I agree. Is Alex Blandino. Yes. That's a guy two years ago that I thought was going to be in the mix, uh, certainly probably a second yeah. base. And, you know, his his defense is legit. He is a second baseman. I don't know if. The feeling is that he can really play short, but well, he, his defense is legit. He, but pl- he, he played some shortstop at one time, but he has been a second base in the last at least couple seasons. Yeah, I, I mean, he hits. Like, he's played well. I'm looking now. He's, he's at, actually played five games at, at short this year. So, you know, that's you know that's one thing, actually, We I'll, I'll talk about briefly. I wrote this feature article for Cincinnati Magazine a while ago on how the Reds develop players. And... One thing that's in that article that uh, Jeff Grappe told me is that the Reds are really trying to start to develop players who can play multiple positions so that they can kind of always have, you know, it was one of those, we're going to be limited by our budget, so let's make it so that we can have our best lineup on the field all the time. And, And one of the ways to do that is to have guys who play multiple positions. So, you know, I'm looking now, actually, Blandino has played 59 games at second this year. He has played... 31 games at third and he's played five games at shortstop yeah so and he's been hitting really well well he's a guy that was uh on the reds top 10 prospect list for a couple of years there and then last year 2016 in double a he just fell flat on his face i mean there's no other way to say it he just fell flat on his face um although he hit 232 that year with very little power but Mm -hmm. his on-base percentage was 333 um, yeah. So he was still getting on base a little bit, and so now this year, you know, he's he had a good year at Double uh, A, got moved up to Triple A, and he's just he's hit really even better uh, in some ways at Triple A than he did at Double A. He's had a really yeah. effective season on base percentage around three eighty. Um, yeah, he's a guy that's kind of worked his way into a mix, and he may be just be a, he may be a a utility guy. 
that can play multiple right. positions. But I think he's he's look, starting to look an awful lot like a uh, a legitimate big leaguer, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I mean, he he can he can play. And just, uh, he can hit certainly, and you know he might be good as a super sub type guy, you know that, that sort of a poor man's Ben Zobra, so to speak, where he can play a bunch of positions and he and he can hit well enough that he just ends up being really useful. Yeah, and for those of you that don't remember him, mean, he's just twenty four, but back in uh, two thousand fourteen, he was picked, I think, in the supplemental uh, first round, uh, the supplemental round there after the first round. Uh, by the Reds, so came out of Stanford College shortstop. Oh, he was their first round pick overall because I'm looking at it right now. Uh, he was their first round pick overall. Was first, that was the Reds. That was when they were good, so they were picking 29. But yeah, uh, he was their one pick. I remember when they were good. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean he he's a guy that comes with a pedigree from Stanford, a good, good college baseball program. He was a shortstop at Stanford, I know, and uh, I don't know. He, he just kind of got lost in the shuffle when he had that bad year last year. Um, really struggled at Double A. He he actually. Advanced Double A played thirty games there in two thousand fifteen and just uh, struggled. Um, two thousand sixteen struggled yeah. again. But you look a little deeper, and I, I may have been wrong on him because I don't think he struggled as much as I thought. The batting average was low, but he was still getting yeah. on base. He'll he take a did. walk. Because yeah, I remember tracking him last year for I want to say it's like the first half of the season. It was awful. Yeah, I mean it was really really ugly, and I think he came on a little bit at the end of the year. Um, and, and kind of brought brought his numbers up. But, no, he definitely had a few months there where his numbers were just like, wow, what happened to this kid? Um, and, you know, uh, I'm not willing to uh, make a, a claim on who it's going to be, but we've talked about Scooter Jeanette. We've talked about uh, Nick Senzel. We've talked about Eugenio Suarez at second base. Peraza could play. Dilson Herrera is the guy that we thought would claim that spot. But, you know, I if we're talking about Dilson Her- the guys in the minor leagues, Dilson Herrera is behind Blandino in my mind right now for a guy that could maybe be a legit big league. I don't know how his glove is, um, but uh, he was a shortstop, so you imagine his glove is not terrible at second base. That's interesting. Oh yeah, Blandino. Blandino's fine at second. I, uh, he's got he's he's a pretty good defender from what I've seen. Okay. Um, well, the last guy on your uh, we we because we have to wrap this up. The last guy on your uh, lineup was uh, one Billy Hamilton. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Billy Hamilton's a legit big leaguer. He's a legit uh, guy you have to have in your lineup. I think he's a starter. He's got no business batting leadoff, and it pains me to say that because I had hoped this was the year when he was going to take that step forward, and he has not at this point. But, man, bet him down at the bottom of the lineup. you got a guy that can help your team. Yeah, he does. I mean, Billy Hamilton is a valuable major league player. He comes by his value in an unconventional way, so it kind of gives some people headaches, but – He's, you know, he's a worthwhile major league player. Until he loses a couple of steps, his feet make him valuable in center field and on the bases. Um, you know, just I guess you know, that's just is kind of how it is. He's he's a worthwhile big league player, and there's no reason to not play him. He just shouldn't bat first. He should bat ninth. Yeah, I was hopeful he would take a step forward certainly with on-base percentage this year, and then he would be a guy like Suarez that you're starting to talk about buying out some free agent years. Uh, that's going to be a difficult question for the Reds. But but anyway, um, so what, what, let me just sort of sum up what you've said to us here today, Jason, for all our uh, listeners, or our, I should say our listener. I'm sure there's one person listening out there, maybe my mother. Um, the Cincinnati- I'm, on this, I'm on this podcast. I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> there you go. To sum up what Jason has said here today is that the Reds are going to sign Johnny Cueto in the offseason and probably win the World Series. Does that accurately reflect your uh, your position? 
Oh, yes, the Reds are absolutely going to win the, the World Series, no question. In 2018? In 2018. All right, we've cleared They're that up. Probably out. too far behind this year. They might they might sneak into the wild card, maybe. But yeah, maybe. <laughs> let's not uh, let's not head to Vegas and put any money on that one. All right, well, you know, I appreciate everyone uh, downloading and listening to us. I know you got a lot of things you could do with your time. The fact that you spend a little bit of it with us here at Red Lake Nation Radio, I don't understand why you would, but I'm glad that you do. Really appreciate it. Uh, wherever you download the podcast, whether it's iTunes or Tune in radio or Google Play or uh, Stitcher, wherever you find us. If you'd go there and give us a rating and a review, it'd really help us. It helps other people find us. If you tell your friends about us, that helps as well. But again, as I always say, if you, if you like us, tell your friends. If you don't like us, keep your mouth shut. You can find uh, Jason at Jason Linden on Twitter. You can find uh, me at Dotson C. You can find us at Red Leg Nation on Twitter and then at RedLegNation.com every day where we're following the Cincinnati Reds for better or for worse every single day. Jason, always good talking to you, buddy. Always good talking to you, Chad. It surely, it definitely is good talking to me. I know that. I know that you uh, really mean that. So, uh, Jason, my buddy, uh, for Jason Linden, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.